0: Hello, I'm Tim Bowes. Welcome to the Net Hero podcast. A bit of a special one uh, this week because uh, today's the day that National Grid has a new arm. Well, it's a new company, actually National Gas so the gas part of national grid has just been sold off and today it becomes a new company and i spoke to the chief executive of national gas as it's now called john butterworth we met at their headquarters in warwick and we had a real good chat about what this new company will do what it means for us consumers and also the story of gas which Many of you probably listening think, you know, actually we should be doing less gas. But John gives a very good argument for the need for gas in this podcast. He talks about the way it can help uh, decarbonize using hydrogen. He also covers the equitable nature of gas, which is true. You know, a lot of people can't afford to get heat pumps and there isn't the infrastructure ability to put in electrical heating in loads of housing but gas pipes exist. So we cover that, we cover sustainability, and we cover the whole net zero and gas story. And I, But I started the chat by asking John about his own particular background in the gas sector, which goes back many years.
1: Yes, a good question. I mean, uh, I'm a bit ashamed sometimes. I've been in the gas industry for 43 years. I started at um, a former gas works in Manchester, And really just work my way up through British Gas, Transco, the various companies, National Grid uh, and doing just about every job that existed in the industry from sort of digging holes to fitting heating to working in showrooms to asset management to gas emergencies you name it I've probably done it but it's been fantastic.
0: I look back I mean I'm quite an old git, so I remember gas being the big thing right so I remember gas when I was a kid in the 70s, suddenly, you know, you went from paraffin heaters to gas. Yeah. I think that the younger generation probably don't realise what a transition it was for not just energy security, which is very big right now, yeah. but in terms of kind of bringing people, you know, central heating didn't happen when I, you know, when I was a kid. What do you think gas has brought? the country which we probably don't see it in the same way now do you know what i mean yeah
1: well it's interesting when i first started there was an advertisement campaign on television about you know coal and wood being extinct and the future and the green clean energy that would heat all our homes was gas and now you move on 40 years later we're talking about gas moving on to hydrogen but it made such a difference to society. You know, when I was a kid, I used to have to go outside every winter's night and empty the ash pan. If it was windy, it'd all blow in your face. We had to light the fires every morning. So we forget what it's done for us as a society. You know, 23 million families today, they're heating in hot water. They take for granted from natural gas. Before natural gas, it was hard work keeping coal and wood in.
0: Yeah. I think that's the thing that, you know, obviously time moves on and you don't want to sound like some sort of reminiscing old, old turkey, but the, the story of gas is one that we've probably, I think anyone who's kind of in their 30s, doesn't really even think of. And I feel that that's also been an issue politically, that we haven't thought about it. If you look at the decisions that have happened over the last decade, you know, getting rid of rough storage and then suddenly finding we had to do it. Yeah. Everyone was saying that gas is only a transitional fuel for a short while. Yeah. Where do you see the state of gas right now in terms of uh, its importance for us?
1: Yeah, so, so I mean, I really worry about the future because gas is so important to society. You know, 23 million homes, 210,000 businesses most of our ccgt power stations rely on gas to keep the lights on to keep people warm to keep business turning it's immense and without it you know we would be in a far worse place but of course we've got to move forward again and get into hydrogen which we can talk about later but let's never forget the 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 important role that natural gas plays to make us the fantastic trading nation we are and keep 23 million families warm.
0: What is the history of the gas grid? Because if you say to people, national grid, we're sitting here in the offices, the national grid, everyone thinks, is about pylons and electricity. Yeah. No one really thinks it. So can you explain, is there a network of pipes? How does gas get moved around the country?
1: So the national gas transmission system is about 7,600 kilometers of enormous size diameter pipe running at very high pressure about one and a half thousand psi something like that and we bring it onto the beaches from the north sea from the irish sea from lng ships bringing it into our terminals in wales and in kent and then we filter it we blend it if we need to blend it and then we send it and dispatch it through big turbines to the cities to make sure that it's there and ready to be used every day so does it have a distribution system?
0: Obviously, people know electricity has You know, the big transmission and then you have your local yeah, DNOs. Is there something like that? So it's gas?
1: exactly the same. We, had, we transport the gas to the city boundaries right. and to big industry directly, and then the distribution companies then distribute it amongst the streets at much lower pressure in smaller pipes to the population and smaller industry. I suppose the one thing about gas is that we
0: always worry about safety. We all know about that but also most of it was done a long time ago. People are always talk about having to change water pipes from the old lead ones to plastic. What's the state of our gas network and does it really need a revamp in terms of the actual infrastructure and its credibility?
1: Yes, yeah, so if I talk about the gas transmission system to start with, We protect the pipelines by sending currents down them, so we make sure that there's no rust. And then, on top of that, we send very smart robots live through the gas stream. These robots go through it and detect any slight corrosion, which we jump on immediately and fix. So the gas transmission system is nearly as good as the day it was laid in the 1960s. You know, it's very clever stuff that the guys do.
0: So it's not rusting to bits, we haven't got to worry about that stuff. This stuff is... Because people talk about having to redo our electricity infrastructure as part of our move to net zero. You don't think the gas grid needs as much work?
1: I can tell you the gas transmission system is not far off as good as the day it was laid. Wow. I mean, the technology, we've designed it so that robots can fit down 98% of it in the gas stream, and they can find within... A couple of inches, any small problem of a, of a dink in the wrapping or a piece of corrosion. So it's in good condition.
0: Let's talk about this relaunch. Um, yeah. Explain what National Gas is now, then.
1: Yeah, so National Grid have decided to sell its gas assets in the UK and were rebranded as National Gas. There are two companies National Gas Transmission, which just distributes the gas from the beach to the cities. And National Gas Metering, where we have 7 million gas metering customers. Two companies working together under the brand of National Gas. And it's so exciting for me as the CEO, because as a gas engineer full of gas people who care about gas, we can be our own bosses and create our own destiny and really drive forward to move into hydrogen.
0: What does it mean, though? I mean, it's a rebranding for you, obviously, you know, a new company. But what will it mean for us, the consumer, particularly business consumers?
1: Yeah, so you know, national gas, it's a change in name only. So it doesn't affect prices, it doesn't affect the standard of service. That's what
0: people will be concerned about. Will you now have more costs for the gas transmission?
1: No, th- no prices will change. You know, we are a regulated entity, regulated by Ofgem, our returns are set. Any excess profit we make goes back to customers. Prices are not gonna change at all.
0: So what is the advantage of this new rebranding then? Yes, Apart from a marketing exercise, people could say. Yeah,
1: so the rebranding is we've left National Grid uh, and we're now a standalone company. We're owned by an Australian bank and a Canadian bank and it's allowed us a lot more freedom to invest and invest in the future and invest in hydrogen. And that's why they've bought us, because they can see the opportunity to decarbonise the UK gas network.
0: If we look at where we're going towards a net zero, Many would say, sorry John, you're redundant. Gas is not what we want to be doing. We've seen all the protests from over the last year from just up oil. No more oil and gas, let's get rid of it. People say the future is wind, the future is even some some nuclear perhaps, lots of batteries, lots of electricity, changing the cars to drive <coughs> on batteries, changing our homes to be heated with heat pumps all electrical. So can you sit here and say that actually you're not in a dare I say, a dying industry.
1: What would this country do if there was no gas? 210,000 businesses relying on it, 23 million homes being heated by it, all of the power stations' CCGs on full blast, doing 56% of Britain's electricity. Imagine a world with no gas. The lights would be out. People would have no heat and hot water. But people
0: see it as the image of, Climate destruction don't they? That's what people see about gas. Yeah. which is why people are against in the recent World Cup You know people like oil and gas states. It's all of that which is, you know, even though we know the reality of we we need it And yet you're saying absolutely true facts that without it would <laughs> We'd be scuppered right now, but can you see the PR issue that you have is that people say the future is electric
1: Yeah, and I can see exactly why people perceive the future as electric but the amount of energy this United Kingdom uses, and we provide the gas to Ireland, the island of Ireland, yeah, it cannot be done just with electricity. It's just the volume of power that the country needs. And so what we've got to do is transition in an organised fashion and look at energy, as a network balanced with electricity, with wind, with nuclear, perhaps with tidal, and with gas to make up that shortfall? Because what are we going to do when the wind doesn't blow?
0: Will gas ever be clean? This is another thing people have talked about, which is we're getting natural gas. There's a carbon footprint of LNG coming in across the oceans. Could we make green gas? Could we make gas that is made of, you know, biomaterials, people are talking about biomethane, so looking at it from a sort of scientific and technology point of view, if the grid continues, as you say, its importance is there, what kind of gas will it be running?
1: Yeah, so if you look forwards, you know, this, the two things that we can do, the technology is there and we're putting feed studies in to try and do the first demonstration plants, is first of all we can burn hydrocarbon at the beach. And we can take the CO2 that comes up the chimney and sequestrate it back in the empty gas field in the North Sea for millennia. So there's no CO2 going into the atmosphere. So you don't
0: want carbon capture?
1: That's carbon capture. And the second thing is, as we're building out from 20 gigawatts to 70 gigawatts of wind in the North Sea and the Irish Sea, when the wind's spinning at night, we can make hydrogen for nothing. The windmills are spinning anyway. We can put that hydrogen into store of depleted gas fields that are already there in the North Sea and the Irish Sea. The pipelines are already there because they were oil and gas pipelines. The terminals are already there. So just by good luck in geology, where the wind is being built is exactly where the gas was being made and the stores are. So we can use a, a, a balance of blue hydrogen, yeah. which is sequestrating the CO2, and green hydrogen, making all that hydrogen at night, putting it into store, and then when it's needed, dispatching it in the morning to the cities to, to give carbon-free gas to the population and industry. And we can do that today. We just need to crack on with it.
0: Do you, do you buy the um <clears throat> I don't know, I'm not like you're, you're more of a scientist, than me. you're an engineer, but a lot of people say the network isn't built for hydrogen to be in the mix. There are risks in terms of explosivity, there's risks in terms of leaks. Uh, can the actual pipes cope with it? Can you answer that, that question? Because I've had people say, no, the, 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 the terminals yeah. and the pipes can't deal with hydrogen. Yeah. Other people yeah, say, yeah. yes, they can. What, 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 yeah. what can you say? So,
1: so there's a lot of people say a lot of things. Yeah. But, you know, what's important is data and science and research and demonstration plants. So up in a place called Spade Adam, which is on the Scottish border, we have already built a gas transmission and distribution system with houses and simulated everything, and it's all running on hydrogen.
0: But with existing pipes, or did you have put new pipes in?
1: All the pipes have been cut from various parts of the UK and brought up there and bolted and welded together so we let's deal in fact i mean it's really interesting that if you go back from the movement of coal gas Mm -hmm. of 1200 small gas works making gas from coal to when we moved into natural gas you know coal gas had 47 percent hydrogen in it and in germany in bonn for over 80 years they were transporting hydrogen through bamboo to the to the various houses so let's deal with the facts and the data and the research we've got a hydrogen test plant Up in spade, Adam, it's been recycled now so many times a second to simulate 40 years, and it's absolutely fine. So, you know, we just need to deal in the facts and the data around what will work in the future. But I have no problems whatsoever and no concerns at all to push hydrogen into people's homes and decarbonise them. What will it mean in terms of infrastructure? Because that's the
0: other side. Will we need new boilers? We're going to need new gas uh, ovens, how will, it, how, how will all that work?
1: Yes, yeah, so we've already got with the manufacturers a hydrogen-ready boiler. Right. The cost is about the same, so it's a no-regrets thing. There's 1.6 million boilers replaced every single year in the UK. So if you just think about it, by 2035 we'll have hydrogen-ready boilers at no extra cost to anybody ready to roll when when hydrogen arrives. So it's not a problem. So the manufacturers are on the bus. The hydrogen-ready boilers will be ready to go 2025, 2026. So we will be able to start to install those in people's homes ready for hydrogen to arrive.
0: So what do you say to critics who say gas is redundant?
1: Yeah, so the people who say that gas is redundant, you mean... I wish I could spend some time with them, because they don't understand the scale of energy. Five and a half times more energy goes through the gas transmission pipes than the electricity system. It's massive, people don't understand it, and that's our fault, we haven't explained it well enough. But you can never, ever, ever not have a gas going to our cities to support the You're population. just saying it can
0: be a carbon free gas, you can say it's a, it's a clean gas in
1: the we future. Can, we, can, we, we, we must repurpose our pipes mm-hmm. to hydrogen to do the right thing, but it's got to be done in an orderly way that people can afford it and that it's fair for everyone and there's social justice for everyone so that they've got a choice of how they heat their homes. So I've got no worries at all about there will be a future for gas and we want it to be hydrogen because the electric system cannot deliver five and a half times more power it just hasn't got the capability to do that
0: businesses are investing now right and you know that you have the conversations and most of them are looking at electrification for those businesses you know it's a big job in investment in new plant how long will they have to wait to say actually i could could, i'll just wait for my boiler it could be five ten years before you're ready and they might go actually i'll just go for an electric heat pump how do you answer that? Because this is the thing. All you've said sounds great, but there's a time lag before we've got that hydrogen in there.
1: Yeah. So, so what I would say to people is, you buy your, you know, when your boiler comes up to be replaced yeah. because it's had it, we put a hydrogen-ready boiler in. Yeah, and you'll either be using natural gas or hydrogen indefinitely. So one will swap to the other, whether it's 2032 or 2035. It shouldn't make any difference to you because you'll have heat and hot water but you know you talk about fitting an air source heat pump Mm. there's 9.6 million homes you can't fit an air source heat pump uh, in in our cities yeah when it's really really cold and when i say really cold i'm only talking about zero minus two minus three there are big problems you're electrifying transport You know domestic transport so everyone you know is getting on the electric bus with with teslas and all the rest of the brands you know that's soaking up electricity so there's no electricity load left in a house to to use a heat pump for your heating and hot water so it needs a lot of thinking about and the answer is an integrated thought around using energy thinking about wind thinking about electricity using smart meters so people can switch the time they use it better but not forgetting the backup of all of it and the backbone of energy in the UK is gas. And, and we've done a spectacularly poor job in the past in talking about it because without gas, there is no electricity a lot of the time and there is no heat and hot water. Yeah, people don't get that.
0: People don't get that. They just think it's there. <clears throat> What's your ambition with national gas then?
1: Yeah, so um, you know, I'm super excited t- t- to be the CEO of a gas company uh, as a standalone gas company. And our ambition, and it sounds s- sort of a bit weaselly, but I'd, I want us to be the best, most effective gas transmission company in the world. And you think, well, what does that mean? They're just words. So how do you measure it? What does it mean? How do you know when you've got there? So you know, we've only just started on the journey. But I want us to be so proud and be out there around the world and be the world leaders in repurposing our network into hydrogen, which we can do. Our first pipeline down the northeast. We're not going to build new pipelines, we're going to repurpose the existing ones and start to push hydrogen into them.
0: Let's go forward in time. It's twenty thirty-five. I'm probably driving an electric car, I'm probably getting on an electric bus. Am I, have I got a hydrogen boiler in my house? Is my office heated still by using gas pipes that they're clean? How do you, how do you see the world? Yes,
1: yeah, so, so 2035, I think where we'll end up is you'll have about 20% hydrogen in the gas stream. It will be a blended solution. Right. A lot of so we'll still have natural gas? We'll still have natural gas, but it will be a lot lower CO2 because it will be blended with hydrogen. We'll be learning all the time. We'll be making blue hydrogen and sequestrating the carbon. We'll be making green hydrogen at night with the wind that's spinning in the North Sea and, and the Irish Sea. And we'll be moving slowly to net zero, but with social justice and no one's left behind. Mm. Most people can't afford £17,000 for an air source heat pump and to re insulate the house and build a separate room to put this new hot water system in. So it gives social justice and choice. To have hydrogen in in the mix.
0: Do you think finally before we go that this is the one element that government has to look at which is you know the dream of clean power we all want but it's the investment and the cost to us because at the end of the day we all pay everyone's going to have to pay for all of this that's going on is there a way that actually if you can get out there and tell that story people can say actually (laughs) that classic you don't have to keep digging up the roads to put a new pipe down we can just use what we've got and still get towards net zero?
1: Yes, yeah, so you know, what I would say is, and I've said it to you already, that we've not done a good enough job to talk about what gas does for society and for business and for electricity. So you know, what we need to do is be more vocal, and that's why I so much appreciate uh, this interview, and get out there and just tell the story that we need to do it in a way that is fair to everybody. We care passionately about net zero, but we've got to do it in a way that we don't leave anyone behind. I kind of
0: agree, I'll be honest with you. I do think that gas has a role to play. John Butterworth there, the CEO of National Gas, because a lot of what he said there makes sense to me. We have pipes, they could be converted to run hydrogen. We've run hydrogen in the past. We could use the natural resources of empty gas wells to store and sequester carbon. So for me, although many people will find it difficult to swallow, I do think the gas industry is vital because the one point in that conversation that really resonates is how do you make it equitable? What he said at the end. If you have got gas pipes in buildings throughout this country, many of them are places where you couldn't put in new electricity, you couldn't put in heat pumps. So how will those people cope and be dealt with in the new decarbonized future. Give me your thoughts. Tell me whether you agree, or disagree. Did you enjoy the interview? Did you think that you know it's changed your mind around gas? And make sure that if you want to be featured, you just need to email nethero at futurenetzero.com. See you next week. You've been listening to the Net Hero podcast with Summit Bose from Future Net Zero. This is our platform for all
1: things Net Zero. And if you or your business is doing great things on the path to Net Zero and want to be featured on the podcast, email nethero at futurenetzero.com. Follow us on social media. futurenetzero.com Better business, better planet.